the machine. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network, online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. You see Head & Shoulders has Scalp Shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders Scalp Shield, never not working. Get to see me. Trying to remind you who you are, just like in Romans 3. See, we about to blow across the world, just like a day that's breezy. This motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching say, make this for my people that don't get to see me. Trying to remind you who you are, just like in Romans 3. See, we about to blow across the world, just like a day that's breezy. This motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching say, hey, 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 motivation. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection 
of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loop machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th to the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. Testing, testing. 
A pleasant good morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show. Right here on the Black College Sports Network, yours truly, Carlos Brown, joined by a guest co-host, or should we just say co-host? We'll say guest co-host, Charles Edmund of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Yeah, I see you, Charles. You're getting ready <laughs> with your Alcorn gear on, football season, uh, basically, basically here. Coming up on today's show, the guest menu looks like this. You see him, Charles Edmund of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Then we're going to add in a few minutes after our first quick timeout, Kyle Mosley, HBCU legend, Sports Illustrated, Morehouse alum. He does a little bit of everything. When I, when I say everything, literally everything, writer, producer, host, he does it all. He'll join us for our number one. Then, following Kyle Mosley, Braxton Blackwell. Now, who is he? He is a commitment to Southern University football, a long snapper. A very important position, the long snapper. He's part of the special teams unit. He'll join us, and we'll talk with him. We'll get his story about committing and agreeing to play for Southern University, and, and talking with him earlier, uh, he's excited. He can't wait to play for perform in front of the Jaguar Nation. Then, in our number two, regular guest, Coach Van Petaway joins us here on the Carlos Brown Show. And then, last but not least, another commitment to Southern University football. Uh, he has championship pedigree, defensive back Jordan Carter. Transferred in from Bowie State. We'll talk with him. So, a lot of guests for you right before the holiday Monday here on uh, the Coles Brown Show. Here's quickly what's trending. And we're going to get into this conversation. Uh, college football landscape is changing once again. USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten. They've been accepted into the Big Ten, but guess what? There could be more movement uh, forthcoming. What does this mean or what a, the effect will this have on college uh, football and the FCS and, of course, HBCU conference? The landscape is changing, once again, in college athletics. Also, Jackson State and Bethune-Cookman have decided, Bethune-Cookman has decided to move the game to Jacksonville for their football game. I think that's a good move there. They must be anticipating a, a bigger crowd than what they would get at their home stadium. And last but not least, the NBA free agency has hit 2022. Huge news already. But the biggest question remains, where will Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, where will they end up? Who will be their next team? And then a lot of movable parts go into all of this. You know, the, the wish list, which Kevin Durant has, one being my team, the Miami Heat. I, I, I just don't see how it can maybe happen. But Pat Riley and that staff will see. A lot of moving pieces to that. Part. And then also Phoenix. Sons have been mentioned, but it's going to be kind of difficult for both teams to make that happen. 
Before we go to our first time out, Charles, uh, good morning. How are you doing, sir? Good morning. Happy uh, Fourth of July holiday to you and everyone. Yes, uh, on the grill for you. You gonna grill something? I already have. I did it yesterday. Um, I wanted to enjoy my weekend. Yeah, I actually uh, threw some stuff on the grill, some little short ribs and some sausage, some hot dogs and some leg quarters. I just got it out of the way yesterday so I could enjoy my 4th of July weekend. Just get it out of the way. I understand. Well, I don't know. But it sounds like a great menu. Kudos to you, Charles. <laughs> you got it done. You got it done. On that note, we're going to take a quick, quick timeout, very quick one. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll kind of discuss what's trending. And we'll add another piece of this equation, Kyle Mosley. He'll join us next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world, blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Um, can I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. you. Got it. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dash as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Follow the Black College Sports Network and all of our shows on YouTube.
You can find us at MyJBN Online and on all social media at MyBCSN1. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm Carlos Brown, Charles Edmund, and now joined by Kyle Mosley. Kyle, good morning to you. And man, you do so many things. Once again, talk about all of the projects that you have going on. Uh, tremendous amount. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I have a 17 year old. He's about to go to college. So I have to do a lot of stuff, Carlos. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. He's talking about going to some big name schools, man. Uh, so anyway, uh -oh. uh, I've been fortunate enough to be able to write for Fan Nation uh, on Sports Illustrated. Uh, I'm the managing editor of the Saints News Network as well as HBCU Legends, as well as the Pelican Scoop. And we have a staff of uh, nine writers right now uh, across the board. Plus, we have some guest writers that come in from time to time. But uh, it's, been a, it's been a thrill, man, and we're growing. Uh, and we'd love to have you guys follow our content and uh, join us and uh, give us some feedback. And I'm also looking for some new interns this season as well. Oh, that's great news. And you know what? Speaking of that, I could use one for this show. One or two. How many do you suggest, Kyle? <laughs> Maybe I'll work with oh, uh, man. Uh, Southern University Mass uh, Communication. Maybe all court. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, at least at least two guys. Uh, I know for Saints News Network a few years ago, we had five guys that were uh, interns and they did a great job for us. A couple of those guys went on to sports programs. Uh, one is with the Dodgers. The other went to the New York Giants. So, yeah, I mean, we, we love to have those type of guys. Uh, oh, and I forgot another one went to ESPN. So it's a great way for a person to be able to break into journalism or broadcasting get your feet wet as an intern uh and you never know man you, you have a lot of people who are looking for uh especially minorities at this point to be mm -hmm. a part of that process so uh hey come on on board i'm like should night if you want, if you don't want the editor all in your business and all dancing all into your article, come on board the Saints News and HBCU Legends. <laughs> I, I understand, and you're absolutely right. What what a great opportunity! And speaking of opportunities, in my trending notes, I can't believe I forgot to mention this one. So I, I, I'll do this. Um, why not a series from uh, Anscape? Produced by NBA player Chris Paul in the third season to feature the Southern University fabulous Dancing, Dancing Dogs. Dolls. Now, how could I forget that, Charles? 
uh, yeah. in my notes. So uh, kudos, a uh, behind the scene look, uh, previews, I believe August the 11th, ESPN Plus. That's huge because, you know, you talk about content and HBCUs, although they've been here, college and sports and academics for many, many, many years. Now it's really, uh, if I can use this term, hot to uh, be yeah. involved with HBCUs and then, um, you know, the content, television, viewership, all of that. But uh, kudos to uh, Southern University and, and Chris Paul, executive producer. Uh, I know I'm going to watch. Carlos, guy. Carlos, mm -hmm. can I say uh, something on the Dancing Dolls? And one thing uh, a lot of people yes. don't understand, the Dancing Dolls go on to have some good careers. Um, two of those young ladies from last year were a part of the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans dancing group. Uh, matter of fact, the, the Saints organization had three total uh, who were SU alums, a part of the Dancing Dolls. Uh, so it's it's a great way for these young ladies to break into entertainment. But uh, one was even an attorney in New Orleans area. So it, it's really good to see what these guys are highlighting. And of course, I used to always look forward to the human jukebox, but the dancing dolls was just the icing on the cake at the Bayou Classics. Yeah, well, and of course, you can't separate the two entities. But guess what? Just just fabulous. And uh, that that that's great news and, and once again it's going to be some content that you can put your eyeballs on yeah you know and, and watch but uh <laughs> kudos yeah kudos to uh everyone involved uh with that um college football landscape big news usc ucla moving to the big 10 they've been accepted into the uh, Big Ten. Now we're kind of hearing uh, where does that put Oregon and the University of Washington in the mix. And then uh, when that news broke, guys, I immediately thought about, uh, the, you know, the SWAC and FCS as a whole, uh, the trickle-down effect, and what will that be? But uh, first, Charles, get your thoughts on on the big news and that component with college football landscape, it, 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 you know, it, changing now the landscape changing with uh usc and ucla uh, moving to to the big 10 in 2024 i believe well it was just a matter of time before you saw probably some major shakeups. uh did i expect this to happen at this time no did i did i expect those two to to move east no but you kind of felt like the power five was going to be shaken up a little bit just based on the amount of money and with the everything that's happening there so I did not expect this, but this is where we are. And now, you know, we'll see what's going to happen with Washington. We'll see what happens out there with, with some of those teams coming in. There's going to be some more moves for sure. Not the NCAA has kind of done away with the divisions. Conferences can do away with that. It's it's, it's just going to be a, a madhouse. Um, what's going to even even at the FCS level, Carlos, I mean, you look at Stephen F. Austin, you look at Sam Houston, those teams are moving up. So this is just only the beginning. And I have two words for those who follow college football, whether FCS or FBS, buckle up. Because even, even in the MEAC, you don't know where that's going to go with the teams that are there. Howard had an invitation. They turned it down. They're going to stay in the MEAC for now. Um, so just buckle up because, you know, every month, every week, every two weeks, you're going to see some major 
moves. And, and this was a shock, Carlos. I just did not expect this to happen at this time. But this is where we are. Kyle? Yeah, they kept that under wraps pretty well, man. Um, Texas, Oklahoma joining the SEC mm -hmm. last season. Uh you look at the programs from California going to the Big Ten, really that's really unheard of, right? But uh, it, that's where we are. You're talking about a billion dollars in revenue that's going to be generated for this conference per year, television revenue. Let's get this straight. Television. So mm -hmm. it's a, yeah, it's a financial move. Uh, so that means out of the 12 uh, teams, they get what, $833 million per school. And we're not even talking about the revenue that they're going to generate from attendance and other uh, licensing and things to that nature, right? So when we look at the SWAC, MEAC, CIAA, uh, SEI, AC as well, and I know last season, Deion Sanders at the. Okay. Uh, so uh, I heard that there's been rumbling still about the fact that uh, he, he talked about a super conference, right? Uh, merging mm -hmm. the SWAC and the MEAC. And uh, I brought this up on <clears throat> Ralph Cooper's show yesterday, and then uh, Coach Stewart kind of countered me on this. But I think it's inevitable right now. And I'm writing an article about this, is that we're going to have to have a HBCU super conference pretty soon. Now, the SWAC, MEAC, and those guys don't get enough as far as revenue generated to them from ESPNs and the other networks, probably NBC, who carries the Bayou Classic, right? Uh, that when you look at what's going to happen with the super conferences, if Big 12, or whatever they're gonna be called, Big 10, Big 12 still, or whatever, if they're gonna get a billion dollar deal, wouldn't it make sense that the SWAC gets at least a let's say a 10th or let's say even 5% a, a type of a deal uh, from an ESPN type of uh, organization. And the reason why I'm, I'm saying this is that most of these schools are uh, solely underfunded and lack resources right now. So why wouldn't it make sense to be able to pool your resources, your brain trust together to be able to make this happen? And I know a lot of people say, well, the traveling and that's an issue. But if you're making millions, as Ali would say, millions and millions of dollars, <laughs> why wouldn't you do this to make it make sense? Right, Charles? Uh, so I, I think right now, uh, Carlos, when we look at what's happening, uh, mergers are going to happen. Uh, you're going to have monopolies, uh, but you always have breakups that ensue years later from those all the time. Uh, you have Howard, uh, like you said, was approached, but you have Hampton. They decided to go to the CAA, and you have uh, what uh, North Carolina A&T as well. They they are part yeah. of the CAA. They leave, they left the uh, Big South after leaving the MEAC. So you, it's going to be a lot of movement. Um, now here, here's a, another option, guys. Could some of these top schools from let's say 
the SWAC, MEAC, or whatever, decide to leave and form their own organization? Uh, could they say, because we have better attendance than some of these other institutions and we are more attractive uh, for uh, big time television and networks, could we form our own, uh, you know, own conference? Um, and I know that's sacrilege <laughs> for me to say, but that's a possibility, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you have a lot of moving parts that's going to happen. Uh, I know they call this realignment, but I think it's uh, more of a uh, shaking out of a, uh, Dr. Foster and fam, you used to always say, you got to shake out the trees, shake the tree, the, the leaves, and which ones stay on that branch are the strongest ones. Well, that's what you're going to have here as well. Whoever stays strong will be a part of these lucrative deals that are coming down the pipe. Well, and that is why I think you have to have a strong leadership at the head of your conference at your individual universities. And it's ironic, a couple of weeks ago, I had Roman Banks on, director of athletics at Southern University. And he kind of mentioned, you know, about alluded to the conversations that they had about in moving in that direction. And then uh, my colleague, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, he did a study years back. I won't say 10 years, but maybe five, six years ago about the feasibility of having, quote unquote, an HBCU Division One conference in all sports. So I think it's going to go back to leadership and then having a plan in place. And I think they've all, I don't think, I know they've had conversations. And if this uh, comes to pass, they will be in step with the, the changing landscape of college athletes because you don't want to you know, get caught without having a, a plan. And then it's going to go to resources. Now, to the point of some schools in the, in the conference, they're better off than others we won't mention names but we kind of know how do you pull all that together and then to your point we'll looking in the future will some have to move down to division two within the conference in sports overall and i, and I think a, a, a feasibility study another one will give you some of the important information for you to decide you know can a, I, as a can i add this everybody can, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and Carlos, those are good points. The feasibility studies, I think a lot of them have been already in place, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if Dr. Cavell has done his due diligence, I know that the SWAC has possibly done theirs as well. They just signed a, a deal when I spoke to Byron Allen for the HBCU Go app. So that's a seven-figure mm -hmm. deal to be able to televise 2,000 of the SWAC's events. So... We have to be able to capture the, the momentum while it's going on. And right now the momentum is here for HBCUs. They have a, I don't say they're in a power position, but they're in a better bargaining position than they once were. And looking at what's happening in the landscape of college sports as a whole, why wouldn't we make a deal 
or have these talks among the, the conferences. I don't know if the SIAC is strong enough yet. I don't know if uh, CIAA is strong enough yet, especially since Bowie uh, lost uh, Damon Wilson, right? So could the merger, could Commissioner Steeles and Commissioner McC Dr. McClellan get together and be able to have these discussions and productive discussions. And wouldn't some of these presidents of these institutions see the necessity where it, it will be to their benefit to work together? Now, Coach Stewart made a point to me, he said, why would Jackson State that has a huge attendance, a huge following, the, the best in the FCS, as far as uh, the fan support is concerned, right? Uh, as far as attendance and fam, you guys, as you believe, I'm saying attendance because <laughs> I will get some uh, hate mail when I say this. <laughs> but uh, why wouldn't they decide to kind of work together? Because you have good institutions that are not have don't have the resources like a Bethune Cookman doesn't have the resources as they do. Uh, you, you don't have all car needs some resources too, right? Uh, uh, Mississippi Valley needs some of the resources. So therefore, even in the SEC, where you have the powers like Alabama, Texas A&M, uh, LSU and those guys, you still have Mississippi States and Ole Miss and those guys don't have as much as far as the attendance as those other schools. You, you always, you will never have an equity as far as that, that type of fan balance is concerned as far as the support system so what is necessary is that we understand this is a business deal that's going to need to be made it has mm -hmm. to be made and if we're going to be strengthened uh as far as the resources we've got to be able to work together to make this happen unity is more of the uh the, the bargaining chip that you can have versus to say you're separate and we want to do our own deal or we want to have our own streaming content here. We want to do it our way. No, let's do this in a unified manner and position yourself in a place of power versus splintered uh, about one another. And then you're fragmented in your messaging. Yeah, and I, and I understand saying that point, guys. But we do know some need, like I said before, needs more resources. You know what? But I think if you look at it as a whole, every institution will say, I could use more resources. Alumni support, uh, you know, uh, fans. And, and I say fans because some supporters of, of those universities perhaps are not alums, but they're supporters. In other words, you need help across the board. So I think if you ask each President, each AD, each individual coaches, they'll say we can always use more resources. But to your point, no, you're not trying to kick out anybody. But, but, but with that study, it will show you who needs more help. And to your point, yeah, we try, we, we unify, we help them. And, and again, I think these discussions have been ongoing. I think they will continue to have these conversations. And I think because of the landscape and the college athletics, how it's uh, evolving, you will see 
this quote-unquote HBCU super conference now. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, of course, you, did, you, you couldn't see it. But now as you look, <clears throat> each day passes, each month, you can see this. And then I will say this, guys, Coach Pete Richardson, 30 years ago, talked about this day coming. This day. Hmm. And, and I remember the conversation we had. It was at a baseball game. Coach Cato was the head baseball coach. And we were behind the outfield fence talking about it. And he talked about the changes that he forced saw coming. And now we're here. Not two years away, not three. We are literally here. So how does the SWAC and the MEAC, all of the FCS conference, how do they survive? I think they will survive. I know they will. I, I do have this one comment, and this is something that we need to keep in mind. Let's say Grambling, Southern, FAMU, Jackson State. Let's say a SEC or a, a Big Ten or let's say, uh, what's it, the, the Big 12 that uh, Texas and those guys left, or let's say some of these larger FCS conferences don't approach those guys and say, hey, why don't you come on with us? I mean, we've seen that happen recently with, like we talked about, Howard, Hampton, uh, North Carolina mm -hmm. A&T. Uh, are they going to be at risk uh, in losing these uh, major programs if they don't try to make a move as soon as possible? Hmm. Good question. I can see it. I can see that yeah. um, because, you know, some of the uh, institutions inside the power FCS conference, they're talking about moving, moving up to FBS. Right. So with that being said, then there's always been conversation about, quote unquote, the power fives. And, and basically now you're seeing it now, the SEC and the Big 12. And then you throw in a piece of Notre Dame. They're a free agent. So between NIL, mm -hmm. the collectives, uh, the power fives, maybe leaving the NCAA altogether, man, you, you've got to have a plan, and then you've got to execute that plan, and you have to be planning as of yesterday. Charles, I'll give you the final comments, and then we'll hold it right there, and then we'll get ready for our next guest. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you talked about your conversation with Coach Pete Richardson. Do you remember about a decade or so ago, there was this so-called meeting in Jackson with Jackson State, uh, Grambling. You heard rumors, Southern University. Remember, they were thinking about breaking away from the SWAC. Remember that meeting that, mm -hmm. was, that was held even a decade ago that was discussed amongst those schools uh, at the time to try to break away? And it didn't happen, but there were some private conversations about it. it didn't go anywhere. But I, I think this is as far as the super conference. We know what the SWAC is about. But then you look at the MEAC side, what's left of the MEAC. You talked about business. It is a business. It's to me, as a SWAC graduate, as a supporter of the SWAC and HBCUs, to me, it's about business versus pride. So obviously, Howard's going to stay where they are for right now. But what's left of the MEAC? We all know the business model behind this, but will the pride of those institutions left in the MEAC 
Will the pride get in the way to prevent that from happening? Remember when ANT left the MEAC, there were a lot of ANT fans that didn't want to leave the MEAC. Even though it was a business decision, just the history of the MEAC, the culture of the MEAC, fans of the MEAC and ANT didn't want to leave the MEAC. So now what's left of the MEAC? Do those fans, do the Howards of the world, the Morgan States of the world, do they want to be in this business model or is just is this about pride and just saying, you know, we, we've been to MEAC for 100 years and we're going to continue to stay that way. Unless that attitude changes, I think it's going to be tough to pull off, even though we know from a business standpoint, that's probably what needs to happen. And you're right, Kyle, Coach, Coach Sanders said it a year ago. He saw this coming. You know, we, we don't know if it's going to happen or not, but he just threw it out there. And now it's growing some legs a little bit. Well, the current model is unsustainable, guys. Let's just be frank about this. And whether we like it or not, we love sports from a fan perspective, right? But this is a business. Whether you like it or not, it, it, even in high school, it's a business. Football is a business. Basketball, all that's a business. And therefore, we've got to treat it as a business-like decision versus us uh, emotional decision uh dave ramsey says his best it's uh, take your time before you make an emotional decision mm-hmm. and right now it let's not make an emotional decision i think that's what has happened over the past year uh when Deion sanders said what he said and the miak sharply retorted remember that that press con that friends happened and they immediately had uh um uh, uh, an announcement against it but you've got to be able to look at what's happening now what's affecting the swack is also this uh the inside rumblings with the streaming deals with gremlins deal uh pepsico may leave those guys uh as a sponsor as a result of uh if they can't get this taken care of and you know and worked out uh, because you got two different streaming apps that are going to be competing with one another. I know that HBCU, um, I forgot the name, Digital or whatever, they've been picking up colleges left and right. So what's going to happen there will also make a determination how things will go forward with the SWAT. I've been monitoring that on social media. And do you know what? <laughs> It's going to be interesting, but I will say from a personal note, I have faith in Dr. McClellan. And when this new contract is put down by the conference, I think they, and it's just my opinion, my words, I think digital content, all of the things that people are discussing, it's going to be in, in place. In faith, I have with Dr. McClellan. On that note, yeah, well, how, long, how long will we have Dr. McClellan? Well, what, what are you saying, Kyle? Are you trying to say that uh, the commissioner is <laughs> going to uh, go, go somewhere else? That That's always a possibility. There's that's a big a opening in the NCAA right now. NCAA needs a, a president. Dr. Kyle, McClellan is a prime candidate, is he not? I would think so, my two cents. But that's why you develop relationships. Kyle, you've started a whole bunch of stuff on that note. <laughs> <laughs> a 
but hold on, Kyle. We'll come back to it. I got to get to uh, my next guest. We're going to take a. That's very interesting. Very good, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> take a break. Come back. Scheduled to join Braxton Blackwell. Long snapper. Very important position on a football team. He doesn't perform. Everything breaks down. We'll talk with him next. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Yeah. Well, look, he's been behind the scenes helping with the NCAA for a long time, right? Anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded. Coping nineteen. At the basketball game, he was sitting right behind Mike Shusevsky. You cope with this pandemic. <laughs> so, yeah, we can look. Help. Yeah. Find the resources and he handed out you at coping-19.org. Right, and he handed out the trophy. Desserts is a specialty baker and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network, online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. You see Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working! I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working.
people that don't get to see me Tryna remind you who you are just like in Romans 3 See, we bout to blow across the world just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching say Make this for my people that don't get to see me Tryna remind you who you are just like in Romans 3 See, we bout to blow across the world just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching say Motivation fired up just watching that welcome back to the Carlos brown show right here on the black college sports network now i'm going to be joined by our next guest and he'll get a chance to perform in front of the jaguar nation braxton blackwell long snapper committed to southern university braxton welcome to the Carlos brown show good morning how are you doing sir good morning how are you i'm blessed to be able to come on the show carlos how are y'all doing we're doing fine. We're getting ready. It's getting close to uh, fall camp and football season, but I, I wanted to have you on the show and uh, uh, talk to the audience. Uh, of course, your, your recruitment and your journey to Southern University, we can we can start there. Talk talk about how that's been. Yes, sir. So um, I actually went the JUCO route out of uh, high school. So um, I played the COVID year in 2020. And then I played the 2021 fall season as well. And then come after the fall of 21, I actually transferred to Western Kentucky in the spring semester. And I went through the whole spring. I did the spring practice and everything. And whenever I got there, you know, I worked my butt off every day. But I just wasn't really fitted in at that place. So I decided to enter the portal. And going through the portal you know i had a lot of coaches reach out and i really got a sea of understanding of each coach's side on why they wanted me to choose their university and i just really took my time with the decision because i wanted to go where i was going to best fit in like i just wanted to go where i'm going to build that trust with the head coach and build that family mentality with the whole team so i decided to go to southern i went up on a visit actually and uh talked with coach graves talked to Coach Dooley, and I actually talked to the punter and the kicker, Joshua Griffin and uh, Robins B playing up there. And uh, I just really loved the atmosphere around there. And I was like, man, it's a it's an hour and a half from home. So I was like, it, it would be crazy if I didn't go there. So I was just like, I was driving home and I was like, man, this place feels like home. I was like, I'm going to just go ahead and commit. And so I called Coach Dooley up and I was like, hey, Coach, I'm committing. I want to be a Jaguar. So wait a minute, as, as you were driving back and it was like, boom, yeah. okay, hey, yeah. I'm, I, I'm going to call and 
I'm feeling right about it. Uh, and I'm call Coach Doolin and say, look, I want to be part of the program. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That is correct. Wow. And so after that, of course, you go back home. But a little bit more about the actual trip on the campus, your, your thoughts, the other persons that you met that, you know, besides, you know, in the athletic department, if you can, uh, how, how was that for you on, on the campus? The campus was great. You know, we walked around. I actually walked into the cafeteria area and everything. Just There was, you know, at least like 40 people in there, and they would just all like – they. I mean, they would talk and stuff, and everybody was so nice. Even the people up at the front that was running the cafeteria even said hey to me and everything. It was just – it just felt like a family, and it just felt like everybody brought you in and just loved up on you and everything. It was really – it was really nice. And, guys, guys really and nice. this is for – this is for everybody. You 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 hear that all of, all the time when you talk to recruits or they pick a you know, place to play at. It got to feel like family. How 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 important is that? And this this is just for everybody to comment. Yeah, for me, I, I can start out. You know, coming out of high school, um, you know, going to Grambling. I went to a Grambling uh, South Carolina State game that was on uh, ESPN back in 80, 85. And I remember just the family environment going to 80 Robinson Stadium at the time and just meeting the people on campus. And that was a selling point for me, you know, in terms of the mass comm department and just the people. I think that is so important because as we talked about in the last segment, it is a business, yes. But yes, you want to feel comfortable with where you're going and what you're going to be doing. And and, and obviously for, for Braxton, he felt that, uh, you know, going to Southern University. And so that comfort level to me was was critical. Yeah, well, look, man, I, I didn't play ball, but at Morehouse, when I met the recruiter at the Louisiana Superdome back then, that's what it was named. Uh, and he talked to me and then I had two other subsequent phone calls with these guys and they made you feel at home. They made you feel like you could be a part of the system. And I know the Jaguar Nation and those guys, uh, Braxton, are, are going to need to have somebody like you on board, especially uh, with being a, a special teamer. Uh, it's very important that Eric Dooley has somebody that he can be able to count on snapping that ball. That's an important point, Kyle and uh, and Charles, for, for your comments. And now that leads me to my next point uh, to get with uh, Braxton and uh, a long snapper, special teams. The responsibilities of a long snapper, you cannot say how important that is. And Braxton, it was a need for Southern University, but the Let's kind of talk about the responsibilities of a of a long snapper as we get into now the bolts, the nuts and bolts of that position. Yes, sir. So, like with me, it's a it's a really big responsibility because you know you have one job to do. You have to you know get the snap just like on field goal. You got to get the snap perfectly, and you know the holder is not just the snapper. You gotta you gotta rely on your holder, your kicker. You gotta rely on all them guys. You know so. Mine is just the starting point. I'm the one who starts everything, and they're the one who finishes. So if I do a good start every time, it's going to be a great operation. It's just going to go smoothly. So, like, that's the responsibility I got to hold on that I got to be perfect. So that's where I lie on myself, and that's why I work so hard. 
to perfect my craft because whenever we go into a game, I can't have mess ups. I got to be perfect. Got to be 100% accurate, 100% everything with everything I do. And Braxton, I, I kind of tried that. I, I'll just put this out here right now. I tried it, but not only from a physical standpoint, but I think more so a mental standpoint because guys on, across from you, opposing team, you know, they can say stuff to you. They're trying to distract you, in other words. And from the mental standpoint and the physical standpoint, they, they got to be both. You got to be good in both of them, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, you do. You just mentally, I'd have to say, you just got to stay like zoned in. You can't, you know, listen to what everybody else is saying around you. You know, that's just like playing even in front of 5,000, 6,000 and get a little rowdy. Even in Juco, you know, you just, when you're a long snapper, you just got to block out the noise and just don't listen to anything and just focus on what you do that you practice every day. So. And Braxton, in a typical, like, I know it's conditioning, players are conditioned getting ready for fall camp. Um, with you, what is a typical day where you're working on your own? What, what what are you doing? I would have to say, well, usually I would get up, wake up and eat breakfast and then go outside, you know, do a couple snaps, work a couple drills just to find and just fine tune my snapping just to get to the perfect level that can be. So whenever I do go up to Southern, I'm already locked in and ready. So I don't have to, you know, go up there and prepare myself when I'm already be prepared. And then I, I work out, you know, sometimes do upper body, lower body workouts is really what I really like to hit. So is that how hard is that to snap the ball? I guess playing football practice makes perfect. And then it comes second nature to you. But that once again, that is a, a very important position that you play to, to to snap that ball. And then not to talk about weather conditions because you have to play just like any other player depending on the uh, weather conditions. Is there a difference when the weather is not not well for you? Honest, honestly, in my point of view, I've played in probably one of the worst conditions ever over at uh, my junior college. We actually had to play in like – 15 mile per hour, 20 mile per hour winds and it was storming and the field was oh, wow. grass. So it was like, it was like a mud field. So like I had to go out there, you know, and they, they were throwing in wet balls to us. Like they weren't giving us the dry ones or anything. So like we just had to go in and snap the ball that they were already using. So I would say it was really hard cause you have to like really, honestly, when I do it, I try and snap the same, but I kind of like try and just focus on getting it there because I like even one slip up could make the ball just shoot up everywhere. So like, it's mm -hmm. like, you got to just figure out that one like rhythm during the game that you can just keep, even though the weather conditions aren't really helping you. So that's what I do. But. This Carlos, can I ask a question? Yes, sir. Well, I, I have been always intrigued with long snappers, man. You guys are like kickers. You have to have, a mind of your own, really, once you go out there to do this. Have you had any training or any insight from, like, uh, anybody in the pros or anybody in the upper college ranks to be able to help you refine your technique? Okay, so answering that question, I have actually not had anybody specifically do that but i have went to a couple camps and stuff like that and i got some kind of mentoring 
to where I can kind of perfect myself. I really just learn myself watching videos of pros doing it and watching wow. college guys talking with people and kind of getting insights from what they have to say. So I really am self-taught. So like everything that I've done is wow. really just self-teaching by myself. So that's, that's impressive. That's impressive. That to is. That. That's very impressive. Um, Cause I've seen uh, footage of you, you know, I think it was a camp. I think you were in Dallas, I think. Um, and, and just watching that, once again, just put emphasis on this. It is not everybody can do this. It is a great craft and it's a specialization craft to me because I mean, you mentally, physically, if you're off, it throws everything out. And we were talking when we were setting up this interview and um, Charles is going to think I'm going to be picking on him because he was calling that game. But that all corn state <laughs> game, Southern kicks that field goal. Luke Jackson and they win it. Smile, Charles. Smile. Um, but you, you, you were saying that you, you look, you looked at that, and uh, that's how important it is. Special teams can win you or lose you games during the season, uh, uh, Braxton. Yes, sir. You know, you, you know what's impressive to me. You know, as far as you know, I've been at football practices. The kickers, the long snappers, they're off on their own. You know, while the team is practicing mm -hmm. on the main fields and the and the and the B fields, the kicker, the place kicker, the punter, the long snapper, they're off to themselves in their own little world. And so they're just kind of simulating it on their own off to the side until it's time to get into the game. So it's impressive how you're able to pull that off, considering I'm not saying you're not a part of practice, but you are a part of practice, but you're kind of in your own little click until it's time to perform. And you know, how do you keep focused with that, especially during practice, knowing that your little group, your kicker, your punter, your place kicker, and yourself off to the side just doing your own thing, and then boom, all of a sudden you got to perform and the light comes on. Yeah, it's um, it's really just getting used to that position. Like, you know going into it, you know, being a kicker, long snapper, and punter, you just know going into it that that's what you got to do. You know, you're not like the other positions that you're just on the field 100% of the time, you know, or even 98% of the time type stuff. So, like, you just got to go out there and just know that that's your job. You just got to get it done. And you just really just got to keep an open mind to it and just know that that's what you signed up for and that's what you're here to do. So that's what you got to get done. So. It almost sounds Do you like play any other positions? Um, I did play in high school. I played a little bit of linebacker and receiver, but them days are over. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, it's it's important what you uh, do as far as on, on the field is very important. Um, for this 2022 football season for Southern University, uh, you know, it's, it's great to be a player in the conference now. You know, you have Coach Sanders at Jackson State. I, I know that game is important, but they're all important. Um, Braxton, your thoughts on when it's time, before that first game, to play in A.W. Mumford Stadium in front of Jaguar uh, Nation. How do you think you're going to respond as far as your feelings? It's going to be a definitely an emotional feeling for me because I've always dreamed of, you know, playing in front of, 20,000. So like just going out there to Mumford Stadium, being able to go out there in the blue and gold is just a blessing, man. It's I just got to give blessings to God for that because I'm blessed with that. And I'm just excited. Like I said, it's just a surreal moment for me. And I'm just ready to get to work and 
start getting planned. I, I I bet you've looked at some some uh, film of the games on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> the oh, Bayou yeah. Classic. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Tiger yeah. Stadium. You'll be playing in. Uh, it's got it's got to be a good feeling. Oh yeah, it definitely is. Definitely is. Now at this point, I always like to uh, ask kind of a human interest uh, question. Uh, you know, I could go uh, Braxton with your favorite NFL team, pro sports, favorite food. Let's go with the uh, favorite food. You being from the Deep South, I'm sure you know about that, but talk oh, about yeah. something of personal interest, your favorite food. Um, so my personal interest, honestly, I like, uh, like really I could eat this every day just because it's just, it's just good to me and it helps out also with how you feel as your body. So I really like eating chicken and rice a lot. So like, that's like what I like to eat almost every day is that. So that's like my favorite. I know it's kind of crazy. Not many people say just chicken and rice. That's just, that's just what I like to eat. It like just makes you feel good. makes your body feel good. And I just, I just kept eating it. I did it at uh, Kentucky, and I just have continued doing it. So I just like I just like it. <laughs> well, hey, that's that's human interest to me. That that question there, chicken and rice, that that that's fine because I I would be willing to say that here at Southern and in Louisiana, you're gonna have better food than uh, Western Kentucky. I guess I'm taking a little dig. <laughs> oh, there. for sure, for sure. Man, being from Mississippi, being from Mississippi, going up there, you can tell the food and the people up there did not know how to cook like uh, South people. <laughs> hey, that, that, look, man, guys, that's a selling point. Yeah, you gotta get some dirty rice though, too, man. So, <laughs> oh man, dirty rice is good. I like that too. You're gonna get me hungry, man. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, last thing. When you came on your recruiting uh, visit and you enjoyed that, are, are you in dialogue with uh, other student athletes that uh, have transferred into the uh, uh, program? And, and do you keep, you know, in constant uh, touch with the, those guys on, on the team as Honestly. well? That's here. Honestly, I think the only one that I really stay in contact with, because I haven't really talked to any of the transfer guys, but I've talked to a couple guys on the team that kind of just said, welcome, like, welcoming me and stuff like that. But I've been staying in contact every day with, you know, the guys that I'm going to be working with a lot, which is Robins, Luke, and uh, Joshua. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've been in contact with Robins more, though. Me and Robins actually uh, played in JUCO against each other. He played at East Central, and I played at Mississippi Delta. So, and we had always told each other, it was crazy how it all happened. We had told each other that we wanted to play football together and we wanted to be on the same team and play together. And it's just crazy. You know, he's actually helped with the recruiting process too, you know, giving me a good name, the coach Graves and everything. So like, I got to appreciate him for that as well. So, but I'm excited. Like I said, um, Robins is the main guy that I stay in touch with though, out of all the guys that are transfers. So. Wow, and how ironic, Charles. Charles doesn't think I'm picking on him, but uh, you know that guy as well. And you know uh, Joshua from Vicksburg High School, Charles, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Charles, Charles is so excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, special teams, so excited, man. Right? Special teams, you know, that's that's a critical. <laughs> I mean, it was a field goal that won the, uh, the, won the game against Alcorn, and how important that's that position is in terms of kicking that field goal and long snap 
So yeah, I'm I'm familiar with all of that. So yeah. <laughs> Let's let Kyle in on this. Kyle, Charles calls the football games for Vicksburg High. Joshua Griffin played at, at Vicksburg now at, at Southern University. And the punter that Braxton mentioned punted for Alcorn State. So that that's the tie-in, Kyle. Uh, well, I'm look, taking a little shot there at Charles Edmund there. Yeah. Well, well I'm going to say this, Braxton, man. Uh, long snapping is an art. And I know the New Orleans Saints for a number of years have had a guy that we cover and he's been their long snapper and he's made a pretty much a name for himself. Quiet as is kept, most people will never know his name <laughs> or never call him out, but he's been there for like five, six years, man. So, I mean, you could be able to do it and do it well and you could be able to stay in the professional ranks for a long time and make a career out of it. So congratulations and uh, can't wait to be able to cover you with the Southern Jaguars. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Well, Braxton, our conversation has to come to an end, but uh, if you want to, uh, you can say something to the Jaguar Nation and the SWAG Nation. They're all watching. So you have the floor, sir. All right. Well, I just want to say that uh, thank you for come, letting me come on again, Carlos. And uh, it was great talking with all you guys. I hope to catch up again and talk to you all soon. Stay in contact. Um, I just want to say that I'm excited um, to put on the blue and gold, and I'm ready to compete out there and go uh, give my 100% effort. And I'm just ready, man. You don't even know. All the emotions are going to kick in that first that first game, man. I'm not going to lie, but I'm excited. I just want everybody to know that I'm excited. Well, appreciate you coming on the show. And um, get ready for fall camp. It's you, you, oh, you're yeah. used to the hot weather and the humidity, oh, yeah. um, but <laughs> hey, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it, Braxton. Yes, uh, sir. Congratulations. Appreciate you Congre coming Thank on and um, enjoy the rest of your weekend and your holiday and uh, look forward to talking with you and seeing you real soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. That was Braxton Blackwell, long snapper. But guys, you know, Kyle said it. Also, Charles said it. That is an important position. And Coach Graves, associate head coach, linebacker coach at Southern University, special teams coordinator. He told me, Carlos, don't worry. I'm going to get that problem solved. And he did. So, Jaguar Nation, some of you who personally contacted me, the sky is not falling. Don't get it done. <laughs> don't get it done. Kyle, I know you have to run, but, uh, and I appreciate the time. Um, Closing comments? Well, look, uh, Carlos, thank you for having me on board. Uh, and I look forward to kind of joining you guys in the future. Many more of these chats. Charles, thank you very much as well. Uh, but look, who, I, I really believe that we need to pay attention to what's happening with the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints mm -hmm. have put together quite a nice offensive crew, especially with the additions of uh, Jarvis Landry and on the defensive side, Tyron Matthew. Uh, the Saints defense has always been tremendous. So uh, I think in 2022, the Saints will quietly be making noise. And I think it's understated how important it was to be able to bring back Jameis Winston to be a part of the team as their leader. So uh, as far as HBCU land, man, it's going to be a fun, 
fun ride in 2022, guys. So uh, look forward to all of that. And the Pelicans, they had a great draft. And look what they're going to do after signing Zion uh, for that five-year max deal. Ooh, he's got to stay healthy. But guess what? Guess what, Charles? I know you want to say something quickly. But, uh, Kyle, you know, we talked previously about having you on at least twice monthly. Um, if you could commit to that for our audience right now. Board. Okay, we, we, we can talk more board, NFL, man. Saints, and the Pelicans. And I, I might just might just ask you about the, the Miami Heat. But anyway, uh, uh, MJ, <laughs> but I know the Pelicans uh, will do that. So we, we appreciate that. Charles? Well, I, I just want to ask Kyle, a, a little bird told me recently that they saw Kevin Durant signing in uh, New Orleans. I know KD, uh, I know there's a possibility the Pelicans might be in that KD sweepstakes. Is that, a, is, is, is that fact or fiction? Well, I think he might have been there for the Essence Festival, man. So, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, KD is a great talent. The the Pelicans have one of the best young core of uh, talent. Uh, you have, uh, especially under 25, so you have Zion, you have Brandon Ingram, you have Jose Alvarado, uh, Herb Jones. Uh, so as well as this young guy, Dyson Daniel, as well as EJ Lytle that they just picked up. So you look at all that young talent, and I'm not saying KD won't be – um, I mean, you're talking about one of the best players in the whole world uh, to be able to come into their system. But I think what they were able to do to push the Phoenix Suns uh, in that first round of the NBA playoffs this past season, you have to think these guys are on the uprise together. Now, I do think it is critical for New Orleans to look at through free agency if they could be able to pick up a veteran with championship pedigree to be able to come on in. I know, I'm not sure if KD is willing to be a part of that type of young up-and-coming team more than partnering with uh, Carlos, your Miami Heat. And I, I know he loves uh, the chance to get with Butler down there So in South Beach. So uh, other than that, uh, the KD sighting, he just may have been on Bourbon Street hanging out, having a good time during the Essence Festival. I'm just saying. Well. <laughs> but it's, look, but as I always say also, you never know. You, you never, never know. know. And one thing we do know is going to be an exciting time. You know, it's real exciting when even in the off season, quote unquote, it's still a lot to talk about. So on that note, uh, Kyle, we'll look for you again in about a couple of weeks. Appreciate it. All Have right, a great uh, weekend, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Y'all take care. All right. Thank you. We're going to take a quick time out. Coach Petaway, I know, has been ready to go. We're going to continue some NBA talk. Free agency, Charles. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. 
I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the Law Office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Scrolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. You know, that's interesting, Charles. That is a tradition. After a game, 
you have you've seen it. Coach Pennaway have seen it. You'll have rows of people down there listening to the human jukebox, which I refer to as the digital human jukebox. It's a tradition. It is nice. I love it. Good afternoon, Coach Petaway. How are you doing, sir? Good afternoon, Carlos. I'm doing great, man. It's just uh, great to be in the land of the living. That is a true statement. This NBA free agency that started, it is wild. Uh, I was talking to Dr. Cavill this week, and he basically said something I agree with. You know you really have excitement when in the offseason it is so much conversation going on and your season just ended. It's an all-year uh, situation. But uh, Coach Petaway, the biggest question, and we, you know, we've had some big things going on in the NBA 2022 free agency. KD, the Slim Reaper, I like when they refer to him that way, and Kyrie Irving. Where will they end up? I know that's a just a broad question, but uh, take a stab at it, Coach Petaway. Well, I, I think it's easy with K, in KD's uh, with with him. I think he's going to end up with a team that can afford to to bring him in under the salary cap. See, the, the salary cap is is going to dictate a lot of these trades on these big contracts. Uh, when you take a guy like. Uh, Kevin Durant, who has that high figure, um, the amount of money that he has made, it's got to fit in the cap, salary cap. So when a team is looking at him, they got to decide how much are they willing to give up to get him. And if, after you get him, mm. you have enough pieces around him so that the team can be successful. And that's what the average fan is not looking at. Uh, you know, there are plenty of teams out there that say they want KD, but at what expense? You know, if, if you got to pay, uh, see that's and and, uh, and the Lakers are a prime example of that, with 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 the three big contracts that they have, that forty seven million dollars looking out there for uh, uh, Westbrook, it's very difficult for them to put together the right pieces around them, because their 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 salary cap, they're over the salary cap. I think they're one of the teams that playing that is paying the luxury tax. So with KD. Finding the right fit is going to have a lot to do with what the individual that team is willing to give up, because they got to move people with big contracts to get him in. Now, once you do that, do you have enough people around him where you can win? And with Kyrie, I think he's heard his own calls. I mean, because mm -hmm. he, he's so uh, he, he does so many erratic things that a lot of teams don't want to bring that into their locker room. You know, you, uh, you know, a lot of time in coaching, you can have a great team, but the chemistry in your locker room can tear that great team up. And, and the way Kyrie has been doing it over the last few years, I think he'll tear up a locker room. So a lot of the teams are looking at that. You know, they keep talking about him going to, well, if he goes to LA, he can't get his normal salary. He's got, he's got to take that veteran exempt exemption which is going to put him between six and nine million he's not going to get that third what he just opted in for and then uh mm -hmm. i think kevin durant is showing the world that enough is enough you know he waited until Kyrie opt in and so 
He's telling the Nets, if you are, if this is the way and the direction that you are going, I don't want to be a part of it anymore. And that's why he asked for his trade. Because I think he's given them three years to try to get the ship right. And because of what Kyrie has been doing, you know, he he's one of the big reasons why James Harden left. They had their big three, but they could not put all of them on the floor because he refused to get his vaccination where he could play multiple games or play games at home, uh, miss most of the season by not playing any basketball. Then they agreed to let him do role games. You can't build chemistry that way. You can't get time in that way. So that's why they were not successful down the stretch because they had not played together long enough to get that continuity that you need on the offensive and the defensive ends of the floor. You got to have continuity. And that comes with practice and playing together. And to your point with guys with Kelvin uh, Durant, and he's got four years left on on this contract. Then you, for certain teams, they would have to initiate and get a third team to get involved in with the contract. So that that's a hurdle there. As much as Phoenix and the Miami Heat on his wish list has two, uh, Devin Booker just signed a max deal. You're right, uh, Miami. So. Let me go back. The Nets in all of this, they want valuable or pe- good pieces back so they can start reshaping their team. So uh, Booker is not going to be in the equation for Phoenix. With Miami, you got Bam with a with a nice, hefty contract. Jimmy Butler. Now, you would have to put maybe Kyle Lowry in the, in the trade pieces along with Hero and Duncan Robinson and offer some draft choices, right? Some some first right. round. So, so it's going to be very difficult. Now, I think Charles in our last segment brought up um, the Pelicans in that piece. And one guy I would love, and I guess I'll be accused of tampering if I was an executive, I would like Brian, Brian uh, Ingram in a Miami Heat uniform. Yeah. But to me, he's real valuable, and he doesn't get talked about as – much I'd call him the Slim Reaper too. Yeah, but see, in a case like with the Pelicans, why would you give up Ingram, who you know is going to be there game after game? You can't bank on Zion Williams being healthy, you because because he's not done anything with his body. So, and 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 in order for KD to go to to the Pelicans, at what cost? Uh, uh, they're going to give up why? so much that they may not be viable next year. See that that's the problem. You when when you take a when you take a top notch player like KD, and he goes to another franchise, they're gonna want more than just draft picks. They're gonna want draft mm-hmm. picks and players that can help them right away. And when and when uh, Utah traded away uh, Rudy yesterday, and the, and the amount of draft picks they got for him, that's gonna set that bar real high for KD now. That's why it's got to involve multiple teams because I don't think one team will be able to do everything that needs to be done to get KD. They got to involve other teams. It's got to be signed and trades with other teams. And Charles, and then when you make those trades, whoever he goes to, they're going to be in the mode of win now. You know, no grace period. But Charles, you wanted to make a point. 
Well, you know, and watching the coverage of the people that, you know, follow the cap and, and these type of trades, the Pelicans, uh, KD to New Orleans, in terms of the pathway, the clearest pathway for KD in terms of the teams that are interested is New Orleans because Brandon Ingram would not be with the Pelicans if that trade is made in which KD goes to the Pelicans. They would give up Brandon Ingram and two other pieces and a bunch of draft picks. But the pathway is clear to make the money work for New Orleans than it is for the other teams. I think you know I think Phoenix is out of the mix now, especially with with Nash extending Booker. I think that that's out. You know there was talk of KD to Phoenix, but then that the Nets wanted Devin Booker in return. That's not going to happen now. So take so take that out of the mix. So where 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 are you looking? Utah perhaps. You know when they gave up Gobert, does that open it up? Miami's still a possibility. And so I mean it, it's there's there's a lot of moving pieces here, and I think you're going to see a lot of other stuff around the league get frozen up a little bit to, until we see what's going to happen with KD, right. what's going to happen with Kyrie. Teams are going to be sitting on those assets. Because once those two go, then that opens the window for a lot of other pieces to be moved. And, and Charles, you, you're absolutely correct. You, you're absolutely correct. They, they, there's going to be a pause because they got to figure out how those those two pieces are the biggest pieces that are out there right now. And when you go back to talk about Phoenix, you got to remember now they still have not done anything with DeAndre Ayton. You know they 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 still got. I they, think he's going to solidify that. And, and you know if he's if he leaves, that's a big contract offer there. Th- that will open the door for KD. But here's my point: if you if if they give up DeAndre Aiden, will they be the a championship team? If New Orleans gives up Ingram, will they be a good team? Because he he's been those two guys have been vital in the success of those two franchises. So even though you're adding KD. But you're giving up uh, uh, players that have helped you to get to where you are. And I, I, I just think that's a big reach, man. That's a big reach. I don't think Phoenix will be as explosive or like they need to be if Aiden is not there to, to, to patrol that middle. If they lose him and, and add KD, I, don't, I still don't see them winning the championship. Because yeah. you got to look at Chris Paul. He's aging. Booker mm-hmm. is there. You saw how inconsistent he was uh, late in the playoffs. So adding another score, where's the defense coming in? Where's the inside scoring coming in when it comes to Phoenix? And then when you go down to New Orleans, Ingram can play all over the place. He can defend multiple positions. So look at what you would be taking away from that squad, even though you're adding KD. That That's why this... I guess that's why these execs are paid so much money because the the pieces that they bring in, they got to fit. They got to fit the team's philosophy. And you got to look at it both ways on the offensive end of the floor and the defensive end of the floor. That's just like a lot of people are saying, well, you know, the Timberwolves have improved themselves. How? When you got two, two seven-footers, they got to be on the floor at the same time. And that, to me, there's gonna not not gonna be enough room. There's not gonna be enough room for both of those guys to be on the floor at the same time. Even though you all you're doing is is, is putting pushing towns further and further away from the basket. From the yeah, basket. he can play out there. Right, he can play uh, as a stretch four. But is that really what they need? 
because Rudy Gobert, he's not a scorer. So now nope. you don't have scoring in the block. Yeah. Now defense, yeah, he's going to defend, but where are the points going to come? And then when you look at the pick and roll, didn't he just get exposed in the playoffs? Because he, he sure did. Not play the pick and roll? So see, that, that that's why I don't believe that the Timberwolves helped themselves with that trade because I do not see where the defensive side of the floor, where's the defense coming from? When they put them in a the pick and roll, it's going to be a disaster. Well, the, yeah. the other part, and, Coach, the other part, Coach, yeah. to me is not what they got, but what they gave up. The Timberwolves gave up four first-round picks. Yeah. Four. And according yep. to what you're reading, that's just unheard of for a player of that caliber. Right. Four first-round picks. So you're – you're you're like the Rams. You got to win right now, and if you don't, then you got a whole bunch of salary, and you didn't get to where you need to get to, and then you're kind of starting over again. So that was a that was a risky risky trade. I also say this about Aiden real quick. I think Aiden is probably going to be out of Phoenix. I think um, unless Monty Williams and Aiden Kiston made up at the end of the year, it was kind of an ugly ending, you know, to, to the season for Phoenix as far as Aiden not being in the game. They kind of had words. If they kissed and made up and everything's good, then he might get some of his money. If not, I don't see Aiden returning to Phoenix. I think they'll probably unload him. And I don't have no chances. They need him. Exactly. And, and, and guys, to your point, too, you look at and Coach Pitterway, you've talked about it, the NBA as far as guys like Aiden and, and, and Rudy, and you saw in the playoffs when, when when the teams they were playing went small. It's not the traditional big man's game anymore. You know what I'm saying? Um, Bam played center for Miami, but he can he can defend five positions. Rudy can, Hawford uh, can. So the NBA is kind of I don't want to say downsized, but they've gotten away from from uh, the big guys, and you don't necessarily have to have that seven footer that you put down in the post, although you like to see them go inside a little bit more, but the game has evolved to, you know, a lot of three point shooting and, and like I would call like a European style with stretch fours and all that. You never had that 10, 12 years ago. Now moving from that point, which was a good dialogue, these salaries, have you seen them? The salary cap has went up again by 11 million. I mean, these max, hey, you live in a free enterprise, a capitalistic society. I can't tell you to not to turn that down, but that leads me to Bradley Bill. The prognosticators were saying, you are nuts. It was your chance to get away. He chose that max contract instead of perhaps they're saying, move on to a team where you have a chance to win a championship. So Coach Pettaway and Charles, at what point do you divide the money? And we see this with older stars. They choose to take less, like in Harden's case, to win championships. Coach Pettaway, where's, how do you navigate yourself through that? Championships versus the monies, or can you have both? Well, I think it's the makeup of the person. You know, you, they've got they've got to decide as individuals what's more important. Now, in Bradley Beal's case, it's obvious he's saying that the security of his, of his family is more important right now than a championship because they will not win a championship at the Wizard 
the the way I mean, the, the way that team is constructed, there's no way they can win a championship up there. So to him, in his mind, the money was more important. And, and you know that a, a lot of guys, I do not I do not blame the guys for getting mm-hmm. that money because all it takes is one injury and you oh it's over with. You know your your career is over with. So you better get the money while you can. I just think it's man, it's so different now. These guys, you take a guy like uh, going back to Rudy. Rudy's making more money than probably Shaq made at his heyday, and and, and it's crazy that these salaries that that they're throwing around right now. You 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 got guys, you you got journeymen that are making more than some of the stars of the '80s and '90s, and that's because of the way uh, society has seen the NBA, the way these salaries have gone up. And then a lot of times, every now and then, you hear some of them old old heads talk about it. You'll see the jealousy come out because you got these guys who some of them can't walk and, and chew gum at the same time, making more money than they ever made. When and you talking about some of these guys are NBA Hall of Famers that that played, but they did their salaries did not match their talent. So it's it's interesting, and they have to take advantage of it while it's out there because. I think there's going to come a day where it's going to dry up. Well, I know the last CBA uh, contract, you know, know, when they, let me go back, when they went on the strike, it was more, they wanted more control and the owners had a little bit more, I think it was 51% to to, to 49. Um, But now they're making those, those big salaries. So somebody's paying them, and that would be the owners. So they they're making money as well. So to your point, you got to strike while 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 it's hot. Uh, Roy says this, and this is an important comment. I'm gonna read that when we're talking about contracts, and he's absolutely right. The Nets cannot get Booker or Bam because they have the same type of contract as Ben Simmons, and you can't have two players with that same type right. of contract yes and, and when i was watching the, the national shows that is correct so as much as i would like durant as being a uh and i'll preface it by saying i'm a miami heat fan i know it's going <laughs> to be difficult until your point coach Petaway and charles how much do you have to give up meaning phoenix is so close miami is so close yes charles they are so close and the celtics are so close do you want to disturb that team by taking away more than you're bringing in? And do you just want to add a piece or two that can push you over the top? And I think, Coach Pedro, you said that a couple of weeks ago. You know, you're that close. You don't want to blow up the chemistry of that team or blow it, blow it up. And as much as I would like to run, it's, I don't think it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, no, Pat Riley, I'm talking. I'll call you back. But you know what? You, you take like the Celtics. They didn't blow their team up. They added a couple of pieces. They added a piece. Now, everybody's saying yeah. that Brogdon going to them is going to be a, a, a non that you got another guard who can facilitate for the other people. And at the same time, he can also score. So this is going to help, help them. He's a two-way player. He gets it done on the offensive end and the defensive end of the floor. So they didn't have to blow up their roster. They added something that they were missing because they did not have a player of his caliber last year. That's why you, you in these trades and, and when, when people out there, when the fans are out there, 
you have to be careful what you ask for because you may end up destroying your team because you're giving away too many pieces to add a player, to add a Kevin Durant, to add a Kyrie Irving. I, now, I, as, a, as a coach, as a general manager, I wouldn't want Kyrie Irving around me. He couldn't play for me. He has too many mm. distractions. You know, I don't care yeah. about the talent. He's got too many distractions that would tear up our team. And that's my opinion now, that he, he his right. attitude and the way he approaches life messes up the chemistry of your team. I wouldn't want him around. But a talent like KD, I would try to see if we could fit him in without mm. destroying what we already have. And that's the big hey. thing. And Charles, that's so why they get paid the big bucks to figure that out. Oh, I, I agree. I, I, I agree. I mean, two things have to happen. Either KD's got to take less to be able to s- surround himself with pieces to be able to, to get it to fit. Or a team is just going to take a chance and and get Kevin Durant and understand you're in the L.A. Rams mode. You're in it to win right now because if you get KD, you're going to give up a haul to get him, and it's about right here and right now. So which team fits that mold? I think the Miami Heat, as good as they are and as structured as they are with with Pat Riley and Spo, I mean they're very tempered in their approach. I think Durant would be a great fit. He's not he's not a troublemaker, doesn't have bad attitude. He just wants to play ball and win. But yep. do the Heat want to give up a haul to get him? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know what right now, what team other than Phoenix, they just signed Book. I don't know what team out there. There's going to have to probably be three or four teams. And that's been talked about, Carlos. There could be mm-hmm. four teams involved for Kyrie and or KD to make this trade fit because you're going to have to give up so much, but with four teams involved, you're not giving up quite as much. So I think that's, that's what you're going to see next. How many teams, maybe a fifth team could be involved in this thing because there's so much money. Uh, Yes. I mean, yeah, that's a possibility. I don't think it's going to be five, but I think four for sure for Katie or Kyrie, regardless of where they go, because there's so much money out there and you, you don't want to give up the store. But with four teams involved, you don't have to give up the story. You might have to give up a couple of shells, but not the whole story, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, and then I'm going to tell you something else that, that we've all uh, missed uh, that happened this week. James Harden, he didn't take the big money. He mm-hmm. opted out so that he could take a lower salary so they could add pieces. He's trying to win. He says, okay, I've gotten money. I, I trust the GM. Money. Right. I trust the GM. So I'm going to take less money so that we can try to add pieces so that we can be a better ball club. Now, who, what the pieces are, I don't know for Philly, but yeah. they've got to do something. And then uh, back to your point about Ben Simmons, I don't see Ben Simmons staying in, in uh, Brooklyn. I think they're going to mm-hmm. end up moving him. I think they, they, they got to get off of that, that big salary. They, do you move him? Now you can get somebody like Aiden in there. Because of what, what the young man was talking about, the NBA says that you cannot have two players through trade on the same team with those type contracts. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the Simmons who came in with They can now be Aiden. But I also think with James Harden, Carlos, I think the writing's on the wall. I think James Harden is smart enough to know his best days are behind him. He's not the James Harden that he once was. 
He's not worth $48 million. He knows that. I mean, yeah, he's he's had his bag in OKC and in Houston. He knows that he's not worth $47 million. So he probably said, you know what? I just want to win. I want to win a ring. So if I have to take a little bit less, I like Philly. I like Daryl Murray. I'll do that. And I think that's, I think the writing was on the wall. He didn't want to see it, but he's seeing it. And that's why I think he wants to take less to be able to have a championship team around him. His best days are long gone. I mean, I think we all know that. He's not the same. I mean, James Harden weighs more than me, and I'm 300-some pounds. So, you know, hey, uh, I, I think he realizes that. He wants to win, and he'll take less to make that happen. Well, I saw him on Instagram recently, unless the picture's live. He, to your point, he is trimming down. He is trimming down. Well, on that note, we could go another 30 minutes or so with this conversation with the uh, NBA. But uh, Coach Petaway, be safe, you and your family, and continue to be blessed. And we'll talk with you again. We'll bring you back another week. It's, it'll still be more basketball <laughs> to talk about. But have a good one, Coach. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, you all uh, be safe and God bless. Will do. We're going to take a quick time out. When I come back, I'm scheduled to visit with Jordan Carter. He committed to Southern University, a defensive back from Bowie State. He's got championship pedigree, all conference. And uh, we'll talk with him and his move to uh, Southern University and Coach Head Dooley and staff. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll everybody <laughs> we all go why not enjoy the go with Charmin? are you ready it's time the inaugural urban nerdcon is coming to montgomery alabama july 29th through the 31st blurds nerds and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as the last dragon tybok megan tandy and voice actor dave Fenoy. hey how you doing i'm voice actor dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks freaks and urban nerds just want to let you know, I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories... Everyone's con. See you there. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? 
At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world, blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. Welcome back to the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Going to now visit with uh, Jordan Carter. Uh, he is a defensive back that committed to uh, play for Southern University. Comes from Bowie State. Uh, multiple championships on the CIAA level. Jordan, good afternoon to you. How you doing? How y'all doing today? Uh, we, we're doing fine. Can I get you to talk up a little bit more? Yeah, how y'all doing? There? Can you hear me now? All right. Yeah, much, much, much better. Um, talk about the decision to uh, come to Southern University. As I stated, championship pedigree, Boys State. Coach Wilson leaves it, go to Morgan State. But um, just kind of talk about your journey to now coming to Southern University to play uh, football for Coach Dooley and the staff. Yeah, so my um my recruit process was really different uh, for me as far as just getting a uh, transfer portal late. Um, I had a couple of schools that were I was talking to as far as interest wise, and I just felt like Southern was the best fit for me. Um, something that Coach Dooley and him and his staff have is a family oriented uh, staff, and it's Virginia. It's nothing forced, and they're gonna tell you how it is and just be straight up a hundred with you. And that's what I appreciated uh, for him and his staff. When I went down to visit, it was a family oriented environment, family feeling. So. Um, I felt like this was the best way for me to grow as a player and as a uh, as a man. So definitely a great relationship. I, um, I look forward to uh, building, for sure. So we we had Braxton uh, Blackwell, who was on earlier, long snapper that's going to play for uh, Southern University. And he mentioned something, what you just said, um, about the family atmosphere. It, was that important for you in, in that situation, you know, felt like it was family for you? Yeah, definitely. It was definitely important for me. Only as far as, for like, for me, I'm coming from 18 hours away. So it's like I need to feel some type of that uh, family bond that I'll be missing at home. So that was definitely important for me. That's been important as far as even my visit at Bowie. So um, my time at Bowie definitely uh, got to have that family oriented feel for sure. Now, you and, and also your teammate, um, is com committed to play for Southern University uh, at, at Bowie State. Very successful, multiple yeah. championships. Do you think that's an advantage or good for you coming from a championship pedigree program like uh, uh, Bowie State coming to Southern University, who has a rich tradition? They have won championships, and they're looking to get back there with 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 a, a new coach who's not. Uh, who's familiar with Southern University? How important was that? Uh, does that give you an advantage, you believe? 
Um, I don't feel like it gives me an advantage. However, I do feel like I can bring a lot to the table and uh, to the program as well. Coach Dooley is already accustomed to winning, and so is Southern University. So I feel like by me bringing my knowledge and um, well, I know what it takes to win a championship, then we can only build from there. We can't stay stagnant. So as long as you, as long as we continue to um, build and build our relationship between the uh, team and that camaraderie with each other, I feel like the sky would be the limit for us. And, and, and Jordan, at, at Boys State and, 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 and playing for championships, on the on the field, what would you consider your your strengths? Uh, for me, strengths, I would say, like, playing in the box as well as playing one-on-one. Uh, for me, I feel like I'm a savvy guy. I know uh, – I watch film a lot, so I know, like, tendencies and techniques that will help me um, on different uh, players. So, for me, I would say, like, in the box and definitely one-on-one coverage. I'm very physical, um, and I, w- I want you to understand that you got to come through me to, uh, to get wherever you want to go. You can't go around me. So, that's just what I take pride in. Now, I bet, and I've asked others who've transferred into the program, and you mentioned that you watch a lot of uh, film. Have you, you had a chance to watch uh, Southern's football games uh, the previous year or, or two? Yes, I have. Yes. Your thoughts? I'm, I'm just interested. Okay, so Your thoughts? Me, what you, what you yeah, saw? No, they're definitely a great football team. Definitely a great football team. Can't take nothing away from them. the only thing for me is just we could just build on what we had, what they had in the past. So it's not like I'm coming in to change around our culture or nothing. I'm just coming to build upon uh, what the coach Dooley and what the uh, staff before him had. So there's nothing really more for us to say about that as far as that aspect. I'm just coming in uh, with a chip on my shoulder and coming as humble as I can as possible. Now, uh, the schedule is out. And, of course, I'm sure you've been able to watch the maybe the Bayou Classic in previous years, maybe growing up the last uh, few years. And now it is very a uh, good situation to be a student athlete and to get the black college experience. You, you're used to it. You're accustomed to it. But you've got to be excited, I'm sure, looking at Definitely. that schedule now, get to play, oh, my God, the Jackson State. Charles Edmond, yeah. who will come in with a question or two, I guess. Alcorn State, how exciting! How how excited are you? Looking forward to to to, to play in, in the league against other competition. I'm definitely super excited. Um, this is something that uh, a black athlete uh, dreams for you on this big stage, uh, as, as far as what Deion Sanders and has been doing with HBCU football. So definitely on the big stage, big games and. And when you're under the lights, you got no choice but to perform. Otherwise, it's, it's not meant for you. So I'm definitely super excited to play in the games like the Bayou Classic and uh, Jackson State and other games like that. So super excited for sure. Yeah, as we we see the footage there, um, very aggressive, as you, as you stated. Uh, tackle yes, you tackle well in space. And, and when you look at offenses now in this era of, of college football, they put you in space, and you've got to be able to perform yes. – in space, Charles Edmund. Yeah, and, and you know, you talked about the big games. I mean, you got a big one, LSU too. You know, playing playing yeah. LSU. That's that's a huge game yeah. uh, in, in the SEC. Talk a little bit about uh, coming into the SWAC and what you know, what you knew about the SWAC conference before before coming to Southern University. Did you follow SWAC football when you were at at, at, at Bowie State? Um, I, I knew a little bit of it as far as what, like I said, what Coach Dion was doing over at Jackson State and just the uh, publicity and the spotlight that he was bringing to the SWAT. 
conference. But other than that, as far as me being at uh, Bowie, I really wasn't paying too much attention. I was more so locked in on where I was and where my feet were at the time at Bowie State and just trying to chase championships and um, building a national championship run there. So for me, it wasn't like really a focus for real. But when I entered my name in the transfer portal, it was something that I acknowledged and took Talk about that a little bit, because I'm, I'm always anxious from the when when players transfer, you know, you don't get a chance to talk to those players that do transfer from from the school that you were. What's that process like, you know, entering in the portal and then selecting your school and then the process? I know you got a lot of people in your ear, you know, during that process. What What is that like from a from a from a student athlete perspective? Um, it's really like a free agency, to be honest with you. Um, you're put in a position to where you can now choose a school to, uh, on a division that you are want or that the coaches see you at as a, in the best fit. So um, the portal is like seven, it's almost maybe 7,000 athletes in it. And I was blessed upon but in the first month to receive uh, some accolades and stuff like that. So I'm just blessed. But it's, it's definitely, um, it's it's not built for everybody, I can say that. You got to understand what you are and like what your um your background is as far as athleticism. So it's 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 real tough. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's tough. It's tough for you, for sure. What what's what's the toughest part about that process? Um, for me, I would say just a waiting game. You don't know where you're going to end up because some people are like in the portal and they're here for years, so they just run out all their eligibility. However, so. Um, I would say definitely the waiting game and just the unknown, the uncertainty of where you're going to end up. And you're just eager to, to play somewhere, to call somewhere home. So I would say that's the, definitely the toughest part about that. Visiting with Jordan Carter, he's committed to play for Southern University, transferring in from Bowie State of the CIAA. Jordan, uh, to piggyback on what Charles was talking about, how many – visits did you make um was it fewer than 10 was it more than five to i took other one institutions? To i just took one and i uh, i felt like this is the best place for me yeah, i just took one yeah that is interesting because you know you don't know and that's why i asked because i know some have uh, gone into the transfer portal then they'll commit to a school then they decide mm-hmm. not to, and then they open up their process uh, back up. I bet, I'm willing to bet that, of course, you talk to uh, your, your family and your parents about the, the move, correct? Yes, definitely. And for me, it was more, I got in the portal at a late at a late time, um, it's for like end of May. So I wanted to choose a school uh, that felt comfortable as well as in a timely manner, because I understand, I just want to build that relationship not only with the coaching staff, with the players as well, because at the end of the day, it's 11 people on the field, and you got to trust that your brother next to you is going to make the best decision for your team. So that was definitely important for me to make a decision in a timely manner and to, uh, start getting down and get to work with the guys for sure. So definitely. Now, now Jordan, I've asked uh, uh, other guests, when you came down on your visit, uh, you from the, the, I guess I can say the East Coast, um, was there a, a, a big culture shock coming on your trip down to the deep south, or it it wasn't? Um, for me, I would say the southern hospitality was real. That's the first time I really started to notice it when I came down mm-hmm. to Louisiana. But other than that, I feel like a culture shock, not really only because I've been blessed to travel 
um, playing sports all my life. So I wouldn't really say it was a culture shock, but definitely the Southern hospitality is definitely uh, real. I definitely got that firsthand. Yeah, that's interesting, Charles. I always like to ask because, you know, uh, diversity, uh, being different, that, that that's a good thing to me when you go to, you know, geographical different uh, areas. Like when I, uh, Jordan, I go to Atlanta, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's in the deep south, but it's different than than, than Louisiana. So yeah. that's why I was wondering wondering about that. He's um, definitely different in Louisiana. Well, I didn't want I didn't want to say that, Jordan, but it, you're correct. The humidity. <laughs> but you're you're young, so you 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 can deal with it better than perhaps me and Charles. You know, we're we're getting up there. We're middle age. <laughs> now, with that being said, uh, the staff you got a chance to meet all of the staff. I mean, even that, you have to bond with them. How important was that, mm-hmm. talking with everybody? Um, and, and Coach Dooley, to me, Jordan, just my opinion, he's kind of laid back. He gets a lot of uh, mm-hmm. conversation about his drip, the way he dressed, but he's an mm-hmm. offensive uh, genius. But on the defensive side, you've got some, um, I think, some very, very good coaches. Yeah, it was very important for me to build that relationship with the, the whole entire coaching staff. Like I said, everything was genuine. Um, everything, nothing was forced. So for me, that was very important for me to, as far as making decisions where I could grow as not just as um, a football player, but as a man as well. So um, it's a very young staff. I think a lot of um, position coaches are maybe on like under 35 or somewhere. So they kind of relate to us um, and they know what it, what it was like as a student athlete as well. So um, that's definitely a plus you choose in a school but yeah coach dude is a little laid back but he's i think i feel like for me it's his he understands that it's about the the action and, and the work and what goes on and stuff like that so he may not be too bright and too smiley in the camera but when it's time to work he's ready to work for sure oh yeah because you know charles i often say coaches are uh they have personalities they're humans just like everybody else for example coach terrence graves I always kid him. I think he's calmed down just a little bit. But, man, you talk about intense. So I, I said all that to say this. It takes all to make uh, uh, make up a, a staff, you know, with the different personalities and, and what have you. Um, as we close this uh, conversation, uh, Jordan, from a human uh, interest point of view, what, what do you look forward to as far as when you get here, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you know, as far as food and what have you, entertainment. I know school is important, but what do you look forward to uh, maybe trying for the first time that you haven't tried? Um, for me, I would say, like, I know seafood is big down there. Seafood is big up here, but I, don't, I haven't, like, tried crawfish or nothing like that. Like, on my visit, I had fried gator for the first time. So that was definitely really good. So definitely just uh, as far as the food-wise, the jambalaya and stuff like that, going to New Orleans and stuff like that, for sure. Wow. Now, you know, Baton Rouge is uh, slightly a different. Yeah, slightly different, different yeah. 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 But now, it, it's about a half a million people now. But um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and, and also the traffic, getting used to that. It's, yeah. it's, it's entertaining. Traffic up here is crazy, too. Oh, I would I'm imagine. 20, I'm, like 20 minutes, I'm like 20 minutes from D.C., so traffic I'm used to on a regular basis. 
Yeah. Last thing, do you have a teammate that has committed to come uh, to Southern University as well? Um, did you guys come on the same trip or you, you came separate? We came on the same trip. We came on the same visit uh, together. So, yeah. yeah. So we both got the experience. Um, definitely had a great experience together. And uh, we feel like this is the right place for us to uh, succeed and uh, excel in the next two two years of me and one year for him. So, definitely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the time. Um, looking yeah. at the film, like you say, you have the championship pedigree. I think you will be able to add uh, a lot to this Southern University uh, football team. And I'll just say this, Jordan. When you have a rich tradition and you have championships from A.W. Mumford to Coach Pete Richardson to uh, Coach Dawson Odom, the last head, fall, uh, head football coach, there's a tradition there. And you're looking at a fan base that is literally starving. You see the other guy in the picture there, Charles? He's the play-by-play -play guy for Alcorn State. They had their way with Southern University for many years until last year. Southern one on the last second field goal. So with that being said, you're going to bring a lot to uh, the, the football program. And uh, I personally appreciate you choosing uh, Southern University and can't wait. Look forward to you competing and getting in there and uh, helping the Southern University football program. It they, The fan base is starving for another football championship. Trust me. And if you yeah. can help. I'm excited. That, I'm excited for sure. Yeah. And um, also, I was able to uh, text with your mother. She's excited uh -huh. about uh, coming down again and being a part of the football. So I think it's a match made in heaven. I'll end it on that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, the guy works in mysterious ways, and this is just uh, a natural um, feeling for us and natural uh, place for us to be. So he definitely works in mysterious ways. And this is this is a blessing. That's for sure. Well, appreciate the time you and your family continue to be safe and um, look forward to seeing you once you get to Baton Rouge. But enjoy the rest of your weekend and um, go. Thank Jazz. you. I appreciate you all for having me. Definitely. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks. That was uh, Jordan Carter. Uh, Charles, he's coming to play. And uh, Coach Dooley is, you know, with the, you know, we've talked about before a transfer portal, NIL. Uh, college athletics is just just forever changing. The landscape is changing. And Coach Dooley and, and the staff, not just them, but all the coaches, when they get someone from the transfer portal, it's almost like you got to do a, a background check, not only athletically, but off the field. And, and so it's got to be a good fit. That young man, I believe, uh, he made the best choice for him, and so you got to make the. It's got to be the right fit. It's called doing your due diligence, and and I think that's that's the key to it. You know, Coach McNair talks about it as well. How they they really dig into a kid's background that they're looking at that that's that's in the portal. We've got quite a few players here on our roster at Alcorn from the portal. Our number one running back, probably number two running back from Syracuse. One of the top running, one of the top running backs on that program before he transferred. So you know, Coach McNair does his due diligence. I'm sure Coach Dooley, first year coach at Southern, trying to do the same thing. The transfer portal, for all we talk about it, 
it can it can be very beneficial for you if you get the right players at the right time that are the right fit. And I think what you're seeing at Southern clearly, Coach Dooley is is doing just that. Well, on that note, before we get out of here, appreciate everyone for for watching. Let's uh let's go in the chat room quickly, very quickly, because I know the producer Melanie is saying, "Come on, Mr. Brown, let's hurry up." Let's get out of here. Well, Chuck Hunt, appreciate you uh, watching. Sean Derek Perkins, Jamar Scott, good afternoon. Also, Edwin Dwight Moore, G Boone Holly, appreciate you. Who else? Terrence Graves, appreciate you watching. And um, we'll say everyone else, Willa Brown watching, BJ Caesar uh watching we appreciate it and uh avis heath charles avis is well, he was watching george g anthony varick williams and of course roy appreciate everyone for watching charles i'm gonna go get a little rest now and uh get me some tea yeah i'm gonna I'm looking at the skies outside. It looks like it's going to rain a little bit. And believe it or not, Carlos, we have eight weeks until week zero. And Swag Football Media Day is right around the corner. Looking forward to it. Well, I got to get ready for get my predictions, my predicted order finish and all of that. Um, Jackson State fans are still riding me pretty hard. Yes, I picked them fourth in the East. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? Did I let the emotions get the best of me? I can't be objective when it comes to JSU. V, no. I <laughs> like to beat. No, you. I, I think you know you were, and I didn't have a lot of high expectations either. I mean, you well, had come on, Stuart Sanders. Charles, come on. What was yeah, I thinking? Well, I mean, you have to look at Glass. You obviously have to look at FAMU bringing a lot of players back. Obviously, but Bill Cook. I mean. I don't think anyone expected what we saw last year for them to do what they did and the ascend was that quickly. I thought it would be some growing pains. I thought Shadur Sanders would be a freshman and play like a freshman, but he did at times, but in some important games like Southern University, he made some pretty good throws and pretty good, you know, he was pretty good. So, you know, what we'll see in the sophomore season, we'll see. But I, I think a lot of people expected this to be of kind of a learning experience for Jackson State and, and for Shadour Sanders and for Coach Sanders, but it didn't turn out that way. So I, I don't think you're wrong because I, I didn't have the great expectations either. I'm wrong too. You know, I had FAMU beating Jackson State in that game last year in Miami because just I thought Shadour would play like a freshman and I thought FAMU would have good enough quarterback play throughout to win the game. Didn't turn out that way. So I, I don't think you're wrong. I just think we looked at the we looked at the data, we looked at the analytics, and we thought otherwise. But hey, Jackson State surprised me, and I was wrong. I'll admit that. Question is, can they do it again? Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I think the emotion got the best of me. They no, I, if I had to pick over again, it wouldn't. It definitely would wouldn't have been fourth. It would have been second. Another dig at Jackson State. 
<laughs> be I like to be. On that note, I want to thank Melody for producing today's show. She's going to kill me after the show. I understand. All the guests, Charles Elman, Kyle Mosley, Braxton Blackwell, Coach Van Petaway, and Jordan Carter. And also, hello to Ralph. Good afternoon, Ralph. On that note, see you next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until that time, as always, peace and God bless. Thank you.